This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hi, I'm Hardik Vaidya. You're listening to Jamsters. This podcast is about stories from the world of entertainment, media, content and events. Every episode I'll be joined by some of the best in business, whether they're artists, content creators, filmmakers, writers, founders, CEOs, thought leaders, it could be anyone. If they have stories, I'll bring them to you. Join me in listening to my brand new podcast, Jamsters, on Epilog Media and all your favorite podcasting platforms. On this episode, we have someone extremely special, a veteran from the field of events, the co-founder of 77 Entertainment. It's an absolute pleasure and a delight for me to welcome the one and only Daryl Sheldon. Thank hey, you. Darryl, Thank you, Hardik. Pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Uh, great to see you even in a lockdown, virtually or non-virtually, but it's great to see you, man. Awesome. So, you know, I want to jump right in because there are so many things happening during this particular period. Uh, questions running in the head. Uh, I want to start off with saying that, how are you keeping firstly? So, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, uh, we're taking uh, one day at a time. So, so my dialogue goes as uh, so far, so good. Uh, thank God for it, you know, and uh, that's how we got to be thankful for every single day. Uh, things look better in the city. Uh, so we're just going to be positive about it. Uh, we stay mentally positive and stay negatively in COVID and that's the way forward. That's the only way forward. You know, so you've been in the industry that for so long. I think you started a journey in 2002 and up until now, I think you've seen cycles of changes happen in the business uh, from where you started a very, very nascent space. And in fact, many people still call it a nascent industry in India, but let's talk about that a little bit later. But tell me what are the shifts that you're observing right now? Because that's of particular interest to a lot of people out there. Uh, so I think very true, you know, uh, this industry uh, in the 18 years that I've been associated to it or 22 years, including the music industry that I've been a part of, uh, there have been many paradigm shifts that have happened. You know, uh, one of the worst that we've seen was in 2008, the whole slowdown, the recession. The, at one point of time, we went through riots in India. Once, at one point of time, we went through floods. Uh, but those are very short term. This pandemic has actually, uh, I wouldn't use the word full stop, but say semicolon to our lives. You know, we've been, uh, we've all been inbound or uh, social distancing for about four and a half months uh, from the day that we locked on. Uh, but, you know, I think our uh, industry is very agile. Our industry is very adaptive and very innovative. You see a lot of our industry folks actually being innovative, got into the sanitization space, got into... Uh, there's somebody who started a horse riding class. There's somebody who's uh, got got into virtual events. We have adapted to virtual events. Just imagine me and you would have met at a coffee shop to have this discussion uh, if it was pre uh, pre COVID. Uh, we're doing the same uh, in the comfort of our homes, in a nice formal shirt and nice boxes below, and nobody knows what we're wearing. But we're so comfortable, uh, but we're still able to achieve that same output. So. Uh, I think we humans and we Indians are so adaptable and this industry is so adaptable. So kudos to you too, Ben, for what you have done. You've moved from on stage to on screen, but the magic has been live for you uh, and it's been great. You know, you mentioned the word industry here. And one of the concerns that I've observed about our industry per se is that events business doesn't really get the recognition of the industry tag per se. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, what are we lacking or, or what is it that we can do better to get the recognition that this industry so widely deserves 
for so long given the employment that we generate the opportunities that we generate you know i think this could be a sizable number for the gdp too talk about that a little bit more very true so i think when i got into the industry uh, my mother did not know what i was doing she still wonders what i do still uh, and it was very difficult to uh, define it so we uh, everyone thought we were glorified decorators because that time it was the entertainment industry and not the event management industry which is now evolved to the experiential industry experiential uh, you know uh, we sadly haven't been able to come together as an industry or there uh, completely like we have a body called ema and we have a lot of chapters which run across through various other regions but uh, the unorganized sector or the guys who are not a part of it is so large so large uh, we were doing some stats and eny helped uh, put a white paper together Uh, this industry is somewhere about a twenty thousand crore industry, and this is without the social space, which is weddings. If you add that, it's another forty thousand crores, uh, which is a large industry over there. Sadly, it's a large, largely unorganized industry. Uh, through the efforts of these associations, tie-ups, we are going to try to get recognition through FICI and CII, uh, make it more recognizable as an industry. it's going to take some time uh, there's been some great hard work put in by a lot of people but we're getting there we're getting there we we moved uh, in the last 10 years we've seen a great shift from what we were to what we are and i see in another 10 years it's become a respectable career right now so uh, when maybe i was getting into the industry my mother wanted me to do an niit course or get into a computer job or uh, do something like that uh, and event management was considered as a hobby as much as esports is considered as a hobby today uh, but today people are looking at it as a full time career uh, thanks to institutes that have come up uh, recognitions that have happened uh, and also corporates that are absorbing people right now so there are proper roles being defined in the biggest of corporates uh, if it can be a consulting firm like i know a bcg has an events team a deloitte right. has a uh, has an events team today canon uh, google everyone has a events team so it's become a recognized career right now So we're getting the recognition now in India, and uh, it's going to get better from here on. Ima, our body, right? Like the leading body of our country, uh, has been about what is ten, eleven years old. Ten years. We've been we completed a decade. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, in spite of the uh, effort that everyone's putting in, uh, we de- we do see some you know uh, changes coming in in the space. However, I think uh, there are a lot of gray areas. Like. talk about contracts or about safety of women you know there are a lot of things that need to be taken care of uh, and these things are i think more important than ever because we're living in a increasingly globalized world where you know practices are becoming normal for safety talking about gender biases in our industry particularly i don't think we talk about such issues enough so you know hardik uh, i'm going to agree to disagree with you okay on this part over there uh, yes it's something that was on the back burner uh it's not that it's been not been practiced uh, today a lot of agencies are adopting all these uh, features uh, there are individual programs run right now called she care and we can together and there are safety norms there are separate committees set up uh, in our industry to help guide but you know it's going to be a uh, it has to be a holistic approach uh, by just an event agency saying that i'm going to be uh, safety ready are my partners are my vendors safety ready Are my venue safety ready? Are my transport suppliers safety ready? So it's the whole supply chain, you know, and and it's going to take time to get everyone educated to come onto that same line. Uh, safety has moved drastically from what it was to what it is uh, today. In a ballroom, if you go into a venue, 
unless you have a hard hat and you don't have safety chains, they're not going to let you put up a structure above six feet. You know, so people are getting, uh, we have lost, we have lost a lot of people in our industry earlier on uh, because of lack of safety or overlook of safety. Uh, but that's gone down drastically and we're going to get there. When it comes to women empowerment, uh, I'm so happy you touched on this topic, uh, Hardik. Uh, it's always been an industry perceived to be a gender biased industry or a gender dominated industry that a male industry. Uh, we see a lot of women in the servicing roles and in the creative roles because they're much better in it. But uh, in the production role, you know, we don't see too many people like Shipra and the others of them. Why not? I, I feel a woman would do a much better job as a production manager than a guy would because the eye for detailing that they do and the, you know, they say that uh, devil lies in the detail. Uh, they're a hundred times better, but have you made it a conducive environment for them? Have you made it a safe environment for them? Have you, you made know, it hygienic? I, I particularly remember this that you mentioned because all my shows that I've done at 77 or, you know, all the clients that I've interfaced with, you know, I think I completely agree with you when you say that all the CS, the client servicing role or the creative roles have been by women, really ambitious, smart women. Uh, but production and ops has largely been, you know, male dominated uh, driven area of work, which I think is pretty, I agree with you because I think women can lead such roles so effortlessly. They are phenomenal at multitasking. Yes. Yes. I, I am a hundred percent agreeing with you over there. And, you know, uh, they run the home as well as they run events. And uh, we have some great uh, show running teams, which are completely women dominated. And you could see how flawlessly they, they've been doing jobs like, uh, Everybody from an on queue to a bluefish to all of them, they're women dominated, women run agencies, and and they're the best. They're one of the best in the not in the country but in the world, you know. And I see uh, that as a cue for us to make it more acceptable. But the fact is, uh, if I have a daughter or a sister, uh, am I going to feel safe for her to be a part of the industry? My answer is yes. Right now, yes. You know, it's it's taken time, but. I'm going to make sure that if I have a female colleague working with me, I'm going to make sure that she reaches home safe, even if it's at three o'clock in the night. I'm going to make sure that she feels that there is enough of sanitization and hygienic facilities available at the venue. And I'm going to make sure that she's compensated and treated equally as much as the male would. So that's my personal objective. And I'm sure it's as an industry perspective as well. Let's talk about contracts a little bit. Do you think contracts in India are really respected? Uh, are they followed? And particularly when we negotiate a lot with artists, uh, when even I go conduct events and you, for example, are talking to your clients, what is your thought on this in terms of uh, appreciating contracts? So I'm going to bucket this into two parts over there, Hardik. Uh, when you're dealing with the MNCs and the corporates of the world and when they bind you down with very strong uh, uh, master service agreements and you know project agreements, you know, you're bound and you should uh, tie up with every uh, supply chain that you have. At 77, a payment will never be processed if a contract and an NDA is not signed, irrespective of who you are, because God forbid you don't turn up for my show. You're not going to lose goodwill. I'm going to lose goodwill. So we do it. Is it recognized and is it valued? Yes, uh, to a large extent over there. Uh, I think the social space still needs to come around. Uh, to get into contracting, get into acceptance of contracting and honoring of co contracting. A lot of people will say like, you know what, 
so what if we didn't turn up for my show? I'm not going to go through the hassles of our legal system and the bureaucracy and the rateism. So, you know, people don't want to get into contracts because they understand if something goes into court, it might take them three years, five years or, or a lifetime. You know, so sometimes we don't bother with them. But uh, most corporates, when you deal with them, uh, they're very uh, airtight and watertight uh, agreements that have been coming out. And I see a lot of agencies also now working with their partners with tight agreements. And we should we should do that with everybody. It safeguards everyone's interest. It safeguards the end person's payment as well. So we should. Interesting. You mentioned a little while back that, you know, the event business is about 20,000 crore. And if you include the weddings as well, that's like 40,000 crore business. Uh, but a very small percentage, Daryl, of these agencies, the companies in India are actually in the organized sector. Uh, a large part of our industry is fragmented. What are your thoughts on this? So, you know, it's, it's, it's a long drawn shot, uh, Hartik. Uh, you're very true. You know, for every organized agency, there are 50 unorganized agencies. So there's this joke that we have uh, in Andheri, Mumbai, that between two signals from the Indian oil signal to the uh, mega mall signal, uh, there were 45 agencies at one point of time, as we knew as organized. Oh, uh, wow. The last that we were doing a dipstick over there, there are about 250 agencies. Just no. in the chat. Between organized and unorganized. Yeah, yeah. And it's a fact. It's a fact. I've spent 15 years on that stretch running an office and <laughs> we've kind of done this as a joke. But, you know, so like we say for, uh, but, you know, the numbers are every day there's one opening, but there, sadly every day there are two shutting, you know. Uh, there is no entry barrier for this industry. You print a visiting card and you're in business. You create a great Facebook and an Insta page and you're in business. So sadly the entry barrier is very weak. Uh, so we have players over there, but to organize the sector is going to take time. No industry as a wholesome is organized, uh, but we're going to get there. We, uh, look at the advertising industry. Uh, you have uh, the big ones, the big fours or the big tens of them, but you have a billion fragmented, smaller pop-up uh, mushrooming startup agencies who are doing some equally kick-ass work. So, you know, uh, it's going to take time to associate everyone, but we're doing it as region-wise. We're, we're going to get there someday. About the advertising bit that you mentioned, that sort of really struck a chord with me because the madman business, the creative industries are now, you know, having uh, the analytical minds uh, running them. So, for example, Ogilvy recently had uh, announced that the global CEO actually is a digital, uh, I think, uh, Deloitte. Uh, Deloitte executive, a Deloitte executive, yeah. like senior executive. Yeah. So, in spite of that, uh, they will still retain their DNA of having creative outputs. Uh, events business as such, uh, could that be parallels uh, that we can draw from there as well? So, you know, Hardik, uh, again, I'm going to say a handful or a bunch full of people have realized that uh, creativity itself is not going to sustain your business because sadly there is something called a price point, which is very uh, hardly driven in India. Uh, we are all bound by this beautiful teams at every company called procurement or the sourcing team. Uh, which becomes more price over creativity. Um, and therefore, where we realize is strategy, MIS, analytics, you know, is going to help you sustain your business when you look at long term. So I know a lot of companies that are investing into ERP systems, into CRM system, uh, getting uh, the like-minded people on board, like MBAs on board, getting, uh, you know, consultants on board, if maybe not as full-time, but, you know, engaging with consulting uh, firm. We, we are consulting with a firm who is on a retainer 
uh, who works with us, who kind of consults us on strategies and all. I know other big agencies who who are actually consulting with the ENY. So even if you're looking at growing your business, if you want to grow your business, you need to consult with these guys to make it more strategic decisions. Even if you look at selling out or acquiring or merging your business tomorrow, you need these minds. So yes, we will go the same advertising way, and we are already there. I would feel interesting. So has this uh, resulted in greater profits? Do you see greater margins, percentages uh, in the overall business structure? Do you see that as a possibility? So uh, profit margins would be a short-term vision. Yes, uh, you would see that, I think. But uh, you would look at long-term vision of sustainability, of growth, of organized growth, of you know you building uh, a pr- good books, as I would say, building goodwill, uh, building a healthy organization, building a best place to work. So that you know, tomorrow, if you are going to be acquired or you're going to be merged or you look at it, you are in comparison to any other global agency uh, who you're competing with. Uh, so yes, there are long-term benefits. Yes, uh, there are short-term benefits also you will see. Uh, you'll see that you're draining a lot of money because uh, these consultants don't come cheap. Uh, but look at it uh, Look at it as an investment rather than an expense. It depends on which side you put it onto your balance sheet. If you put it out as an investment uh, rather than an expense, I'm sure it's going to bear fruit for you. So you've always been a music fan. Has has 77 had a lot of music events happening, music clients coming in, or that's something that you just were a DJ in the past and used to enjoy music and gigging left, right, center? You know, so Hardik, uh, that's my only regret. I, I, I'm i going to say it out loud for, for the first time on a platform. Uh, that's my only regret uh, I have to date, you know. Uh, the idea of being uh, from a musical family and then getting into some bit of pre-recorded and then getting to the live music space. Um, and the dream to get into an event agency or form an event agency, I thought I would be producing these big kick-ass, uh, you know, musical concerts, getting the Metallicas of the world down and uh, uh, this But when you become more uh, books guy and you become a MIS guy and you realize what is return on investment, sadly the industry has not been able to, uh, to catch up over there. I'm going to talk about an agency who are actually living their dream and uh, who I look up to a lot is Fountainhead. You know, so Neil, Brian, Owen, uh, uh, Jairam, all these guys are lovely guys. And uh, along with running a very successful uh, company, they've been able to put their money or their passion behind building lovely properties. If it's the Mindra Blues, Blues, they start off with the One Tree Festival, uh, uh, the Johnny Walker One Tree Festival sometime back. And then they did... uh, uh, the Mindra Brew Festival, which is, I think, about 10 years old now, running successfully. They keep trying these lovely things. Like if somebody had to go and uh, talk to somebody and say, oh, you know, let's start a blue show, you know, and you do an analytics and you say there's no blue lovers. But, you know, they've lived the dream. They've taken it internationally and it's one of the most recognized shows right now. So they've lived music, being musicians. So maybe that's uh, the regret I might have. And that's what I share a joke with the Neil and Brian every time that I talk to them that, you know, you've been able to live your passion, which is a great thing. Uh, they did a lovely festival uh, called Life on the Console, which used to happen at Mehboob Studio. Uh, uh, so the lovely thing that I look up to it and someday I hope... Interesting, uh, it's interesting that you particularly mentioned about telling Brian that they're following your passion. When we are in the business of following passion, we are not even about, you know, having set rules followed. And yet you are looking up to someone else and saying that they are following their passion, which is which is very interesting to listen to. 
you know you, you got to give it to each right you got to learn from everybody right we've we not come out from mba schools and all we're learning from from our experiences we're going to learn from others experiences over there and if somebody is doing something good you bloody tell them that they're doing something good oh, and, and you have to you have to give it, you have to give it up to them and say that okay you know you're following your dream and your passion as long with what you're doing over there yes you're putting food on the table but at the same time i'm not saying that every business that you get into is going to be profitable but at least you have the satisfaction that okay fine i'm 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 doing my music bit so it's not that we have not done our music bit we have done some bit of it uh but i would love to do some of the international uh, acts and the things uh, which i hope before i retire and i turn gray that i do it <laughs> before that so yeah that's the uh, tick box which is left to be done on the list you know i think a, a large part of this is very individual driven i think brian and the team are 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 themselves such driven individuals around music so maybe they've incorporated as a top down approach and making that as a business objective or a bu uh, in their organization uh maybe that is something that could be explored even at uh, your end too if if that's something that is on your it is it, is it is it is so uh, all of those boys over there they, they have music notes flowing in their veins not blood i always tell them you know it's it's a music <laughs> note and, and and that's the beauty about all of them and, and they're so humble uh, and and you got to have uh, uh, for a lack of a good word you really need to have be of st- steel to actually take up that and put down that kind of money when you look at an ROI business but yes uh, it's on my cards and if covid didn't happen this year there was something that i was look at producing this year in november uh, unfortunately it didn't happen uh, but i i'm look at producing that in say 2021 for sure considering you know, that we don't have a covid 2.0 oh please let's not get there we are recovering yeah. from this enough that is more than enough uh you mentioned something about appreciating who are doing good work and i think that is such an important thing to acknowledge because i don't think we really talk about uh the best practices replicating people who are doing something amazing from another industry from another organization because i think we're in a very genuinely competitive space uh and and we're trying to you know one up the other whether in terms of output deliverables or any any experience that you want to deliver uh but talking like you mentioned about appreciating what is good is so so critical very true Right, you have to, you know, because uh, you might be competition when you go to a client, right? But the best thing is, uh, a lot of us have uh, synergized great uh, relationships over the years. Um, uh, the association has helped that over there. You know, we've been able to bond. Uh, we've been able to play on each other's strength. You know, we know who's good at what and who's good at something else over there. So we've we've made great relationships over there, not only as an individual, but we know one another's families now. You know. we can sit across the table and have a drink and smile and win and lose a pitch and pick up the phone and you know understand when a client is playing us and we have done that in the past and that only happens because of great networking and appreciating each another's work uh, we have picked up the phone uh, agencies that i don't want to mention but we have picked up the phone and said listen you know what this client is actually messing with us they're taking our concept giving it to you your cost sheet is coming to me you know they are asking us to you know pull down cost uh, let us all pull back and we have actually done that as an association that's where collaboration and friendship comes on uh, into play where we can actually pick up the phone on one another and actually do that so so that's the beauty of this industry as well exciting exciting so you know a, a lot of now that are doing is in the tech space uh, virtual events um do you think do you think this is the future going forward or do you think this is the space that we are in uh, it's a convenient space or uh, it's a financially good space to be in only virtual events see tech has come into every space uh, even if it's your groceries right uh, tech has come in 
today because of covid covid has taught my mother who's 76 years to order groceries from a big basket or a grocers or a swiggy for all that matter so uh, i don't think uh, virtual is going to be able to replace uh, the human touch and the social connect we are social distancing but we are social beings at the end so we're going to want to get to one another we're going to want to hug one another we want to high five one another we want to cling glasses we want to abuse one another you know th- that's what friendships all about uh, and that is what uh, the experiential space does so virtual events yes is a stopgap it's taught all of us something new uh, it's not going to go away but what we're going to get is something called digital where we're going to see a lovely marrying of on ground events and online events it's going to be so called what was called hybrid events is where uh, you're going to get that because what uh, the online space does or the virtual events it gives you a lot of data analytics it gives you in terms of how long uh, hardik was on my platform did he consume my brand you know did he log in did he consume it you know so when i when i used to do a car launch on ground i was talking to maybe 500 people or 1000 people uh, car brands in the last month that have launched have seen views in a day of 20000 50000 people and much more it's not that it was not done earlier earlier we used to web stream uh, every car launch that used to happen but now it's going to become a very dominant space that means more revenue for us and more services for us so kudos to that but yeah it's not going to go away it's, it's going to be a part of our life but has the has the percentage of the budgets that used to be earlier in a physical world reduced in the virtual space it is it is so a, a company that used to spend about a, a crore uh, or i would say about a 10 million on an event uh, is getting the same thing executed for about a million right now so uh, and and they, and they feel but you know google came out with a lovely report it says that you know brands are feeling or marketing budgets are saying that oh you know what uh, we are executing the same thing at 20th of the cost but on the other side the analogy is that you're getting 20% roi as of now your conversions have not been as great as it would be when you're doing a physical or uh, on ground experiential uh, event so you know cl- uh, brands are understanding that yes it's important to connect during this time you cannot lose focus of your customers or your stakeholders but at the same time it's it's a stop gap hardik it's not it's not a full stop it's not going to be there for too long uh, virtual only but it's going to be another medium you know when i'm going to fly uh, hours together just to do a two hours meeting there were times that we should fly out of bombay uh, go into delhi Uh, spend the entire day just for a 45 minute meeting you know uh, this platform has been now acceptable to a fact that people know that okay fine you know i get need to chat with hardik i'm going to get the same output that i would do by calling him to my boardroom so uh, efficiency of time is going to be respected hopefully people are going to respect everyone's time right now and you know uh, you if a colleague is going to be unwell and say oh, his child is going to be unwell and say i'm going to be at home you're not going to consider it as a leave you you we're going to we've adapted to this new thing called work from home right oh. if you're at home uh, and you're taking care of your 6 year old son who's unwell that doesn't mean you can't log in to work and do your work simultaneously right. so so the paradigm of uh, acceptance is uh, going to change and it's it's great that we had this time down uh, both right. for health uh, it's helped reduce a lot of things it has us relook at our priorities in life so right i think it's your to stay but you know the the 
the downside of this is about connecting with people genuinely on a physical level. Uh, let's say you want to pitch to a certain client. Uh, idea would be to go into the office, build a personal rapport. And that is something that I believe will be missing, uh, at least in this foreseeable future. Uh, what do you think is the good way, ideal way, preferable way of reaching to new clients or networking the overkill buzzword? Yeah. So I agree with, you know, Hardik, when you get into a conference room and you make a presentation, there are always these side chats that happen on a one-to-one. -one. There is this always this stupid humor that you would start off a conversation with and, and it lightens the moment, you know. Uh, sadly, on Zoom or on uh, the Cisco WebEx platform, your first five minutes is more technical challenges. Oh, can you hear me? Can I hear you? Can you hear <laughs> Oh, you know, that's the sun or the dog running in the background and that distraction, you know, and if I just want to have an offline conversation with you, I'm very conscious right now because A, I'm being recorded. Secondly, I'm in a room full of people, you know, I could have stepped out for a so-called sutta break right. or a smoke break, you know, picked up a coffee, you know, discussed my point of view with you. And then when we get into that room, uh, we come up with a very stronger point of view. True. And some of these conversations online are simply dragging for no reason. Let me be honest with you. I have to agree with you completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so something that could be uh, where I could walk up to you in an office and say, hey, Hardik, you know what's happening on the progress of this? Here, I'm going to schedule a call, get you online, spend about half an hour talking, making small talk with you. Uh, you know, it's kind of defeating uh, efficiency, I would say, in some way or other. And there's a lot of uh, screen fatigue that is uh, visible, you know. Mm. So, uh, that, that, that we need to get back to the physical world. Uh, that's sorely missed, man. Yeah, yeah so true. And, uh, you know, when we are facing the screen, we are talking to nothing, we're per perpetually living in the screen world now. Uh, as artists, as performers who are, you know, co you know, contacted for various events, whether that's like a concert or like corporate event, uh, what are the skills that you look for or what kind of people now do you seek out for such kind of opportunities? So, you know, Ardik, anything that could have been done on ground can be done on, on screen 10x. Because I believe the virtual space is infinite. You know, when we are on ground, we had a restriction of a venue, we had a restriction of a sound type, we had a restriction of a licensed guy, we had a restriction of uh, time. Um, so my, my thing to artists and to every performer out there, if you could do 1x on stage, I think you can do 100x on screen. It's, it's just about how you can, uh, you know, showcase your potential on screen. But there is no performer... Uh, or artists that I can see who will not fit in the on-screen space compared to this. And, and the best part is, listen, man, you can do four shows a day. You know, you don't need to come in for a tech check at 11 in the morning for a show that is at five in the evening. Uh, you, you know, you can come in at 11, do a sound check on virtual, go out, go do a show from one to three, finish off, do another show from four to five. And at 5.15, be ready to log in for a six o'clock show and still be fresh as ever. So, you know, the potential has tripled, I would say, for performance. Yeah, I remember. The respect, the respect I, I, I remember uh, last year that uh, I was doing one of the press conferences uh, with your uh, agencies and the client had called me six hours prior because they wanted to check and speak about the script and everything. Yeah. And when I reached there, even the client wasn't there in the first place. Your team was setting up the stage. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, you know, so uh, I think uh, 
once bitten twice shy was the perspective you know as much as i would see 80% of all performers are so professional like if if i tell you hardik i want to see you at 5 o'clock you'll be there at 455 you know and that's uh, that shows professionalism but then we have some jokers of in every lot who wouldn't just turn up or you know who have gone for an international event and have gone shopping and have turned up late for a briefing and you know so and uh, the servicing person must have not wanted to get his neck cut off and lose his job from internally so therefore he's basically uh, wanting to play safe and call you in and you know grab a cup of coffee and just let you hang around the venue <laughs> you know so you know, while while we're talking about the screen world uh, the skill set about let's say for example as an mc when i'm presenting to you does my role amplify does my role become even more important when i'm just purely presenting on the screen or according to you this requires a different skill set different kind of presentation what are your thoughts on this so you know i think uh, it's even more tougher for y'all than than for us over there because you know uh, the human beings uh, you're going to read facial expressions you're going to read how a crowd is reacting when you're on stage right so if you crack a joke which turns out to be slightly sidey and you know it's not really gone down well you change you change your tonality if you know people are bored in the audience over there you would change your tonality and you would you, you would add something in uh, it's it's more challenging for you because you're actually talking to a blank wall at this point of time or a screen and you're looking at yourself you know so uh, upskilling is very important for all performers over there to say that you know uh, you're unable to see the audience reaction you're not able to think, but you're supposed to same uh, deliver the same effect and 10x effect so that's why a lot of clients right now when they are asking they are saying uh, can you suggest an mc or can you suggest an artist who has already done virtual events so you don't want to, because we have had incidents that really funny ones of somebody not knowing that they still on screen and picking their nose and uh, no, you know of your hygiene issues yeah yeah but you know it, it's happened because you're so unconscious or you're so unaware of it uh, or you thinking that the agency has muted you and muted your screen and to un- to actually understand that listen you were online and you have just naturally gone for it and you have uh, <laughs> so you know so Uh, a lot of clients have this in their rider saying that you know uh, can i see hardik's uh, virtual performances of his earlier event you know can i see the sync uh, how different is he on stage versus what he was uh, on screen is he adaptable does he have good internet connectivity uh, you know all all those things are really being asked right now for you know when we zoom out uh, and we we look globally uh, olympics were scheduled this year expo 2020 dubai was scheduled this year uh, industries have you know uh, sort of groomed around this particular event uh, now that it's not happening uh, what are thoughts on this like it must be like a monumental loss for so many vendor partners who might be on board for this it is crazy loss hardik uh, you know if you ask me to quantify a number of a global loss that the industry has gone through i don't think i have a number you know but uh, it, it it will run into billions billions i think the olympic itself the olympics the wimbledon the e- elp the iip all these things put together itself is going to run into billions you know so uh, very hard to quantify a number but it's a big loss i think covid is going to be here for some time uh, it's not uh, thing you know until we vaccinate the whole world it's going to be some time over there 
we got to live with it and we got to social distance and we're going to accept it the way it was so it's it's a year to stay but we're going to make it happen we're going to have great festivals uh everyone's promising ourselves that we're going to have a great diwali and a great christmas and a great new year so we're going to work towards that as an industry mm mm-hmm. uh when you get some free time uh, what is it that you actually end up doing i know now you have ample amounts of time or relatively ample amounts of time compared to when you were running helter skelter to office but how do you unwind man oh my son is my de-stressor to be very honest you know and and i feel bad sometimes i'm at home and uh, Uh, I'm in front of the screen for about eight, ten, twelve, fifteen hours more than what I was at in work. So you know, it's become more exhaustive being at home uh, than being. I think when it comes to work, because when I used to check out at work, and I always believe in a work-life balance, and anyone who worked with me can vouch for it. Uh, I will try not to call you after seven in the evening. I will try to give you your family time, and you give me mine in return. And uh, that's a person that I've been. Uh, if it's really urgent i'll text you and i'll see if you're available and then if you're free we'll get onto a call uh, this virtual world has not given it any time your clients say oh can we get onto a call at 10 in the night can we get on a call so you know sadly uh, you know like right now my son walked into the room i had to tell him to move out of the room which is very sad you know me being a your i'm physically not your uh, for him so he's my best unwind um, i watched loads of animated movies with him uh and that's a big de-stressor uh, for me any favorite uh, music oh uh, the only thing is hardly sadly that i'm watching right now is a lot of animated a lot of marvel a lot of uh, kid <laughs> stuff loving every moment of it because uh, uh, it's knowledge sessions for him as well uh music is uh, in the family like i said so you know we're teaching him how to play the piano right now uh, he's just five but we're teaching him how to play the piano play instruments So that that's a de-stressor for sure. Do you play any instrument? No, I play the fool. So sorry, that's the <laughs> biggest joke that goes around in my family. Uh, all of them are super talented. Everyone can play one or many instruments. Like I, I have a cousin who's done a PhD in jazz. I every musician. Uh, my wife is a vocalist. Everyone's a musician. Uh, my aunt plays the drums. My, uh, but everyone's a musician. Every single person. and everyone asks me so what do you do so i said i make money out of them there's somebody who needs to manage them and make money out of them so that's what i do so, but no i don't play an instrument uh, a physical instrument uh, another regret in life uh, but i never believe it's too late uh, along with my son uh, i'm learning some bit of the piano so hopefully uh, if i don't sound like a disaster right now i might sound better before the lockdown gets over so yeah uh, that's one of the thing on the box to tick off as well very interesting one i think conversation that we had earlier was about uh, and i think i had this conversation with a lot of people last year as well uh, is that people consider our business to be uh, glamorous uh, people enter uh, the business with the perspective that we will get to hobnob with interesting people and it will be on stage and traveling and jet set life man please uh, let's talk about that a little bit uh, what's the what's the reality here So let me tell you, I am an academist at a lot of institutes. Okay, I run a couple of courses, even management courses. Uh, my orientation program, you know, before we can lure kids to get into it, is a video that I show out and say that if you think you are going to be running behind Sharukh and you are going to be backstage and you know rubbing shoulders, uh, it might happen. But sleepless nights, smelly nights, not going home for three days. not seeing your family 
not seeing your friends, missing out on some of the most important occasions of your life might be a career choice that you're going in for. So as much as yes, it has its uh, sure amount of glamour, but if you see glamour versus hard work, it's about 99 to one, I would say. If you really can put in 99% of hard work, you'll see that one day of glamour. You know that for a fact, right? You'll right. rehearse for 10 days, you'll rehearse for 20 days, and your show gets over in three hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're going to be, out of those three hours, your actual stage time is going to be 30 minutes overall. True. Right? But True. but the client has chewed your brains for three months or two oh. months, run through yeah. a million script, called you six hours prior to look <laughs> at the stage being set up, but just for the 30 minutes of glory. So, you know... Uh, you know, I was doing this one event for an OTT platform, uh, uh, PressCon, and I had prepared the script for, I think, about two, three days prior. And I was, you know, all set, you know, want to deliver it. And one hour before the event, all the journalists are sitting in the room, uh, the lights are on, and already in my uh, outfit, you know, all get to go. But the client says, Hardik, I think we need to change a little bit. Let's have a quick hands-on meeting, everyone. 40 of us sat down, giving me a brief on, uh, we need to change the script. And I literally tore the cue cards in front of them and told that, you know, tell me what next to be done. And they literally helped me out. But it was one of the most high pressure events I had to deal with. Uh, but hey, that's the nature of our work, I guess. People don't realize they see it as one seamless event, but it's so much more than that. Yeah, yeah we've seen uh, events like that and we put a lot of uh, presenters through the same thing, especially the same. Oh, this one's not turned up. Okay, this one's coming in. Oh, this, uh, change the teleprompter, change the presenter, change the award. Where's the trophy going in from? You've seen all that madness over there and you've seen it backstage over there. Front of stage looks lovely and that's what we're paid for uh, to bring method to the madness, uh, to ha handle high stress. Uh, they say it's one of the most stressful jobs uh, an event manager's or an experience manager's job. Uh, and I would say it's throughout. It's not just the experience manager, it's you as a presenter because uh, we might screw up on this cue card, but we still expect you to go out and manage a situation or manage a flaw. If there's a technical glitch, we still expect you to say Hardik manage the situation. You know, so we, we are great at putting people in spots. But yeah, uh, that's the fun of the job and that's the fun which I don't see on virtual events right now. You know, the sad part is what the worst that the internet goes down. You got to wait and twindle your thumbs until it yeah. comes back. You, you can't yell. Uh, when you're on, on ground and a screen flickers or a mic doesn't work, you're in action. You're running with another mic. You're running to see what happened to the LED. You're running to see why the presenters are coming. And, and you have some control. Sadly, in this virtual world, we don't have, like right now while we speak, if my internet fails or your internet fails at this point of time, uh, we only got to hope that it comes back soon or we switch to another device. So, you know, uh, we, we're itching for that control, yeah. which we don't have as experiential manager. Or hand, so that's why it's a hands-on business, you know? Uh, if, if uh, like for an example, Hardik, if the mic had to fail or the LED had to fail on stage, I would push you on stage and tell you, Hardik, go and manage the crowd True. while we sort this out, right? If the internet fails at this point of time, uh, there's nothing that I can tell you to do, Hardik. I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm connecting on another instrument. <laughs> you know, so that, that, that's how much, uh, how itchy our hands get as experiential managers. And that much... Uh, why we don't find the platform so very conducive, uh, the online platform. You know, the biggest thing that I miss uh, is just real-time engagement, Daryl. 
I just miss the energy of sitting in a room, talking to people, feeding off their energy, uh, talking to production guys, uh, setting the lights, mic, running around left, right, center, and just feeding off the energy, the vibe of that room or that concert or whatever. I really, really miss that. That's what we go sobbing every night to bed saying that, you know, when are we going to do that? You know, when are we going to be standing at a, on a flow and seeing that chaos all around you and, you know, people running around and that last 20 minutes of a show, you know, getting everything there, the pressure running high, you know, uh, we all miss it. We all miss every moment of that, you know, uh, so that's that's a fun that we're waiting for all of us to get back. But like I say, you know, it's not a full stop; it's a semicolon. Uh, I feel, I feel, and I strongly believe uh, we're going to come back with a vengeance. You know, this industry is going to come back with a vengeance. People are going to come back with a vengeance over there. There are very, there are a lot of things like miss milestones and all. People have missed their fortieth birthdays. I have. People have missed fiftieth birthdays, uh, silver weddings. Uh, you know. Uh, great uh, moments and we've not been able to celebrate it in these four and a half months. And, you know, I've got queries, uh, Hardik, in the last two weeks saying, can I fly my family in a charter to Maldives and celebrate my 50th anniversary? Interesting. Okay. You know, can I block out an entire resort? Ten minutes before we got onto a call, I had a client saying that, you know, I want to fly to Dubai. I heard Dubai is open. I want to go for a staycation. Can I go to Dubai? So, you know, people are now done with this lockdown and they, they're raring to go. They're raring. I'm telling you, people are going to order so much of food from restaurants <laughs> after this lockdown is that, you know, I think we are all tired eating healthy. Our bodies, can't, our bodies can't take it that, you know, oh, we've been eating healthy for so long, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, we've been forced into like a new lifestyle altogether. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go binging, we're going to go partying and we're going to go socializing uh, we're gonna, but we're gonna appreciate smaller things. We're gonna appreciate nature. We're gonna appreciate that we can't mess with nature. That you know something like this can. See, look at examples. Uh, the bomb blast in Bombay. You know, we were back in the train the next morning at eight ten in the morning. Right? Look at the floods. Right. We were back in two days over there. This is one thing that has actually put a some bit of breaks for four and a half months or five months over there. So you yeah. know when we go out especially Indians, we're going to celebrate when I believe Diwali is going to be bigger than anything uh, than it was ever before. I look forward to that as well. And uh, we will be back with vengeance is what I sense. And I really hope that as well, because I'm really missing the stage, uh, the real engagement with people. But uh, Daryl, thank you so much for speaking. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Hardik. Thanks for your time and stay safe, my friend. And I hope to see you on stage more than on our screen very, very soon. 100%. If you enjoyed this episode of Jamsters, make sure you subscribe on EPLog Media website or your favorite podcast streaming apps such as Apple Podcasts, GeoSavan, Ghana, Spotify and more. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, do rate and review Jamsters as it helps other people to discover this podcast. And for suggestions, feedback or ideas for me, follow me on Instagram at the rate Hardik D. or on Facebook at Hardik Vedya.